Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, the round 15 review, round 16 preview. My name is Reed Conley from MLS Fantasy Boss, and this episode, as always, is brought to you by the Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS, a great place that I highly recommend everyone goes to if you're not already. And also by second chances, because everybody needs one every now and then, especially when you're taking PKs. I uh, have a great we have a great lineup as always of guests tonight. We have Simon. Hey guys. We have Jason, aka Antioch. What's going on, guys? And excited to have back from our fantasy roundtable episode, we have Guy Sanchez. Hey people, how are you doing? Well, so guys, tell me, how did your teams do this week? I did pretty well. I ended up with sixty points. I guess that's not like amazing or anything, but I think the uh, highest was just uh, 84, so that's not too bad. Yeah, no, I went up like 600 game ranks, so I'm at like 1500s now, so that's nice. I'm still pretty bad, but a lot better. Kaka captain went well. Uh, not so good on Kamara and McInerney, who I thought like were good pickups for this one week, and they did not do well. Yep. Um my team, I think, scored a 64. I had Kaka captain as well. Um, went from rank 29 to rank 24. Uh, would have been better. I had VN Saman on my team, and I thought Kaka was the best, but he turned out to be just kind of middle of the road for me. Yeah, mine was good at 56 points. Um, all green arrows except for a couple, like, random leagues that I could give two craps about. But uh, I captain uh, Kamara from uh, Suarez Power. He, he and I were talking in the chat room, and uh, he convinced me to captain Kamara over um, Dempsey, which a two-point swing, not a big deal. But I'm really glad that I um, took a punt on Oba and got me nine points. That really paid off. And then also uh, bringing um, Espindola in the lineup, that also helped me out. And also uh, – a lot of people are going, you know, giving me crap for bringing in Woodbury, but hey, I mean, you know, Woodbury was having a really, really bad run of form and, you know, getting the clean sheet, gaining point one in value. So I'm pretty stoked on that. Yeah, I'd say I did pretty well. I had all green arrows. A couple of bits of advice that I had given out that I didn't take, like having Davies up front, uh, came back to bite me when I was doing some last minute tinkering, bringing in McInerney, trying to be all, all fancy. But my back line did awesome with clean sheets all around, uh, especially Simon was was great, even though they lost. He came away with eight points, so very pleased with that. I did also captain Dempsey. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be better than that. They played well, but it just always, doesn't always fall that way. It seemed like everybody except Dempsey was scoring that night, so it's, it's the way it happens. I did get Kaka. At the wait, wait, end, what, what, what? I, didn't I, hear did, I did bring in Kaka. I did not bring in Via, though, because I there's just only so much bad taste I can stand in my mouth. But it was uh, good. I got 64 points overall. said all green arrows. Uh, and, of course, I'm going to get a shout-out right now to Travis, who got uh, a pretty good score himself. And most importantly, my 64 points was one point higher than my opponent – in the starting lineup head-to-head who was overall first and me beating him allowed travis to sneak in there and he is now first with 74 points last week in the starting lineup head-to-head league so you're welcome buddy you're welcome (laughs) but we're not here to to talk about how well we did we want to help you all do well in the coming so we hope 
the advice that we gave you during the fantasy roundtable helped. Hope you enjoyed that. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or uh, future topics for us to discuss, please feel free to send me an email at mlsfantasyboss at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at mlsfantasyboss or any of these guys here on the show. I'm sure any of them will help pass along suggestions and, and we'll just do everything we can to make this a great show for you. A couple of housekeeping bits to keep an eye on. Check the disciplinary committee. A lot of guys didn't play last week, so go back. Give it a little refresher of who's on the cards, who's who's injured. Just check all those things out before we start. Two teams on a bye this week, Chicago and Columbus. Not a big deal about Chicago. Columbus has got some guys that might be on your team. Just keep an eye on that, and remember to look ahead for those double game weeks coming up in the mega double game week round 17. And, of course, if you're doing some long-term planning, check the rosters for the gold cup people are going to be leaving new guys are going to be coming up it's going to be crazy so keep an eye on all that and the picks that we tip for those crazy days that are ahead so speaking of picks guys let's let's move on here we're going to break it down by the positions and just see who you guys like for just this round round 16 that's coming right up so let's just start out with you simon for keepers and defenders we're going to throw those two together so I'm going to kind of cop out and say that I'm just going to give you my back line and my goalkeeper because I think they're good. Uh, Stefan Fry as as the keeper, uh, they got a good matchup against San Jose. I know like San Jose has been Seattle's kind of like bogey team, but if you're looking for like a clean sheet, I know clean sheet hunting is not necessarily the greatest way to go about things, but San Jose's bad. Like... Seattle should be able to should be able to win that one, barring a total collapse. Um, and then I also have Tyrone Mears. I think Tyrone Mears is not the person that I'd have from Seattle. If you're gonna have a defender, I have Brad Evans because he gets the bonus points consistently. But uh, have Tyrone Mears because Evans wasn't starting last week. So Mears is decent too. He does get forward, and he's a little bit cheaper. Um, Simon from Montreal, he's got a good matchup against Orlando uh, at home, I believe. I don't know why you wouldn't want to have Simon on your team. That guy's good, uh, like really good, gets the bonus points. And Orlando is not like the most high-powered offensive team. So those are my picks. I also have Ramos on my team. I don't really like that. But then again, I don't really trust Montreal that much to score a ton of points or goals. So... He's not terrible. Doesn't get doesn't get great bonus points, but uh, you know he's cheap. Yeah, mine. Um, I mean, the the one keeper that I really have in mind is a uh, Kanopka from Toronto. Um, it's a good punt, and I think they have a great next three games. Uh, Five point two million point three percent ownership, but when you look at the schedule, they're playing at home against New York City then a double game week so three home games in a row new york city montreal and dc i think that's fantastic um defenders i got a whole slew of them um take your pick from portland i think powell and via fauna are great picks um their schedule is it's all right i mean you know you're playing home against houston which i think is a very very easy game to win then away at la which i know la at home is extremely difficult and then at home against seattle um, and then at home against San Jose with the double game week in there. So three out of the next four matches are going to be at home. Um, I love Powell. I love Viafana. They're both 7.1, 6.2 with 3.5 and 3.2% ownership. 
And then another pick that I really do like also is Morrow from Toronto at $6.2 million um, at 5.7% ownership. I'm assuming it's a lot of dead teams or people that are planning ahead, but I think Toronto has a very favorable matchup, especially with all the home games. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I can't offer much in variety on my picks. Uh, I have Fry and Goal. Um, I think Simon and Viafania are going to be two of my mainstays, kind of like what Failhaber is to the midfield. I'm going to have those two guys in the back going forward. Um, Simon, just a CBI machine, and Viafania um, finally getting some free kicks and some opportunity to get up the field. So there's really no downside to either of those two guys. Yeah, those are all great picks, guys. I'll add real quick before we move on. We talked about the home games coming up. Toronto and Philly, I believe, are the only two teams who have a double home game, double game week in round 17. So if you are looking at some guys to plan beforehand, uh, there's there's a little tip right there. Uh, like Jason said, Toronto has that home game leading into their double home game, double game week. Philadelphia is away at LA before there. So something to consider. But if, you're, if you like those home games... Those are ones to keep an eye on. So let's move down to midfielders now. Yeah, for the midfielders, um, <clears throat> I think everybody's going to get Giovinco one way or another. Um, really. Worst kept secret in MLS fantasy? Well, you know, it's funny because he kind of was for a long time. Like, it took a long time to convince people that Giovinco was, like, the real deal. Um, I like Giovinco. And Maidana's coming back. Like you were just saying, Maidana's going to have a double gimme coming up here pretty soon. Um, I am not so sold on Dempsey anymore. In fact, I'm really kind of regretting putting him on my team for this week. Oh, good. That's that'll lead into a question later on. Hold that thought. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go Maidana and Giovinco as my two number one picks for midfielders this week. Well, those are some good picks, guy. Uh, I don't really have that much to add to it because I'm probably gonna have both of those guys too. And those were my guys who I was like, oh, you know, uh, that's that's a pretty good option. So what I will just say is offer a uh, value pick and say the problem with this value pick I should preface is that it's a terrible pick going forward. So if you don't already have him, it's like not great. Uh, Tommy McNamara, he is starting for NYCFC. He's been really involved in in their attack. Uh Hasn't gotten the points to show for it so far, but I think he is a good idea for a pick who might end up, um, you know, doing a little bit more in the midfield this week because they are playing a matchup that, I mean, they're at Toronto, but I don't know. If you wanted a cheap guy, now I just feel stupid saying this. Go with Jovinko and Maidana. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, obviously my Don is a great pick. Um, I also think Latou could be a very sneaky pick as well. Um, but the, the two that, I mean, obviously everyone's going to get Giovinco, but the two that I, I really do like, um, uh, and I'm not being a homer, but Javier Morales from Real Salt Lake, they have a very, very good next three game weeks at home against Sporting Kansas City, away at New York, and then at home against Columbus for that double game week, and then at home against Orlando City. Um, you know, with Plata being full health now, Jordan Allen coming back, um, I really think that he could be, you know, great bonus point potential, at least four to seven points a game when he's not assisting and things like that. And then the other player, um, I'm not too sure if he is healthy yet and ready to come back, but 
I think Valeri um, is a very, very good pickup as long as he does play a 1.1% ownership, 10.1 million. And like I said, uh, you know, their schedule is pretty favorable coming up as well. So I would say, you know, Javier Morales and Giovinco are definitely the two. But, hey, if you want to throw a pun in there, go ahead and get a Valeri as well. So let's round this up with four words, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of these picks that you guys have made. Yeah, and for me, my forward, um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't really don't know what's going on with Aristigeta, um, but I really like um, Sapong filling in right now. I think that he's a very, very good pick for that. Um, and then the other one that I was thinking too, and I'm not sound Homer again, but Plata, he's got to turn it on sometime. I think he's starting to get his form back. So I think that those two could be uh, very good picks, very low ownership. So if you're looking at differentials, there you go. Yeah. Um, for my forward this week, I'm going to stick with David Villa. And I think that, you know, he's coming. It, people really resist him. I know some of these guys on here kind of resist him still. Uh, 24 points in the last three weeks is nothing to scoff at. And you look at, you know, we, we hang on to Kamara for so long. And after Rivero kind of fell down, it takes us a long time to get off a guy when he's not doing well. But now might be the time to go ahead and get on Villa when he's really starting to heat up again. Even without a double game week? Just for this week. I mean, he's out next week. I, that, I don't have to be loyal to him next week. But this week... <laughs> Uh, I don't, I'm never sold on Toronto's ability to keep a clean sheet for any reason. So I think he might be a good, good pick this week still. This, this is our round 16 episode. So, <laughs> um, and for my forward pick, I'll say Bradley Wright Phillips, another super expensive guy, but New York, uh, they're a good team. People I think maybe have forgotten about them a little bit. And he's got a good double game week coming up in 17. So if you can afford him, I think he's a great pickup. You guys made a lot of good picks there. I really can't have anything to add to your defensive picks. Everything seems solid. I think Simon is someone everyone should be taking a look at when a team can give up three goals and a defender still comes away with eight points. That, that's a guy that's worth looking at. I mean, that's that's sort of Omar Gonzalez level quality for much cheaper than that. I think he's in the sevens, if a member serves. I got him on my team here. Just, But yeah, so Simon is a great pick. I think everyone should be looking at. There's a lot of cheap guys that have been going around. Um, people have been talking about Remick and Toya. And you just don't know. It, it depends on the strategies. Are you guys going with a cheap? I know we talked about this last time, and we've sort of seen the reactions. Are you guys still planning on going with a cheap background, maybe one big player, but mostly a cheap backline? I'm not going any big players on the back. Uh, I think Via Fania or Simon are my most expensive guys. Um, I, it's To this point, it's not proven successful for me to chase a big guy and take points away from my scoring attack, uh, midfielders. So I'm, I'm staying budget in the back all the way. Hey, me too. I've got Simon. I think he counts as a big guy though. That's fair. I mean, he's 7.7 now or 7.8. I don't know. That's, that's like a pretty good amount of money. I think he counts as that. I couldn't blame anyone for going with Omar Gonzalez though. I mean, realistically, not. like if you're going to spend the money on a defender, I'm not going to do it, but I, think it'll work out pretty well for the people who do yeah i mean i got mirrors and saman and those are my only big players i got you know polster who laid a laid a goose egg this week and opari who didn't even start which i knew there was gonna be a rotation but i mean 
right off the bat, right in your face. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Woodbury, I mean, hey, everyone was going against him because obviously, I mean, I don't blame you guys. He's gotten one point in the last, what, five games, and this week he gets a cleanie, and uh, I'm stoked on that. But it's funny. I mean, everyone's against, you know, putting money in the back line, but right now my front six are – are very expensive, and if it still leaves me room to get, you know, another decent player, which I'll probably switch Opari for Allen if, if I find out anything good about Allen. But um, I'm with Guy. I think that really investing in your front six or seven is the way to go. They're going to be your most point scorer unless you're clean sheet hunting. And, of course, we have to remember with several big-name defenders leaving for their national teams during the Gold Cup, they're going to be several also budget guys that are going to be coming into the picture where we can save some money, gain some value, and then drop them as things come back. So keep those in mind, but we'll talk more about that later because we're not really sure what's happening yet. Moving on to these midfielders, no one said Piotti. We were huge on him before the, before this last round. Is he still someone on your radar? You should still have, you should have him. If you don't have him, then you're probably not doing so well because everybody that's listened to this podcast or been in our chat room, I believe, are in the upper 27 or so percent in all of in all of fantasy MLS, uh, someone threw a stat out there earlier this morning on on the chat room that they actually looked at the top 100, and I want to say that like 86 out of the 100 are are either in our MLS regulars chat or are somewhere in the chat room or on Reddit. So these these are stats we need to publish. That's great. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I still have Piotti. I mean, it was he's going to be. I mean, he's 9.8, so it's. He's expensive. Uh, I'm still high on him going into his double game week. Kind of laid an egg a little bit. Didn't rise to the occasion in New York. But, yeah, no, he's going to be a, a permanent fixture on my team for a while here. He was in a away game, so we can give him some, some slack on that. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. So am I safe to say Benny, Piotti, Gio? A solid three that most teams should be looking for. I don't uh, think Benny should be in there. You don't uh, think Benny should be in there? I Listen, like I, I like Benny. I think he's great, but he's on he's on a bye last week. You're away at RSL with, I mean, Olave's out and Schuler's out, so you kind of have a makeshift back line. But then you're at home against Colorado, and then you have another bye. I'm I'm sorry. I think that there are other options for the next two game weeks. You're going to produce the same or more points that are going to also have a double game week, and then I can carry into the next couple game weeks. Uh, instead of wasting a free transfer on game week 18. That's me personally. Yeah, I think he's a great option. I just, I don't know, same way. I don't know why you'd really want to use the transfer uh, there when, honestly, there's so many places to spend your money that I think are going to be productive. But, you know. Yeah, the problem is is that 21.4 still own Failhaber, and he's still the highest scorer in the game, so... Whether that's dead teams or teams that just really like him, he, that could come back to bite us here. <laughs> I mean, but come come game week eighteen, I'm going to find a way to put him back in there because he is the. I mean, he's not called up to the Gold Cup at all, so I don't know is, how. It's. Uh, I've had my beef with Klinsman for a long time, but it's <laughs> he's not doing himself any favors right now with this snub of a pick. Nope. Well, that's another show. Maybe we'll start a, a, a new podcast for, for guys' rants, and we can go on. Like that. <laughs> uh, but finally, let's just talk about some of these forward picture guys have. Uh, a lot of, again, a lot of solid options, but Bradley Wright Phillips, Simon, is is uh, the lack of Henri not apparent to you at this time? I mean, his production is still good. I think 
I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but I was looking at them earlier today. Uh, what I like is that, you know, you're not getting so many of the two-point games from him anymore. He is playing a little bit more of a, as a creator for New York. And I also think his price kind of dr- has maybe driven a few people away from him. And so he's just a good option for somebody who's maybe a little bit under-owned. Um, I honestly think Mike Grella is a good option, too. He's kind of a terrible player, but he's cheap, and his production hasn't been god-awful. So it's not good, but it hasn't been god-awful either. Yeah, good points. Otherwise, I think you guys are pretty solid with with a lot of these forward picks. The one question I do have, which others may be considering, are you a two-forward team manager or are you a one forward team manager kind of going forward or three i guess but i I don't know that seems a bit a bit much i'm on three oh yep yeah me too i've uh i was actually looking um i said i'm giving props to suarez power because he uh i think he was in the top 100 in fantasy premier league and he's top 50 i think for mls and uh, he and i were talking about it and i was actually looking back at the past, I don't know, five or six game weeks, and I want to say five out of the six or four out of the five, the Dream teams have all been a 4-3-3, and I've been looking at it, and when I went back even at FPL, I know the stats are a little bit different in the scoring, but it's a 4-3-3, and you know, I always play it safe with my formations. I'm usually a 3-5-2 or a, or a, a 3-4-3, but you know, I'm just trying it different this year. I'm going to try something different the second half of the season with a, with a 4-3-3, so... Yep. Well, that's bold. No, I'm personally still sticking with a three-five-two. Um, it's just wherever you want to invest your money. I mean, it really you could find three forwards that would equal the production of three top-tier midfielders. So it's wherever you can find your value. But it's I, I think you have to have more than one. Let's put it that way. I agree with that. Very good. Very good. Some great great tips, guys. So one question just remains. And we're just going to go down the line with Simon, Jason, and then and then Guy. Who's your captain? If if you if you know, if not, uh, best best educated guess. But who's your captain so far for I'm round sixteen? S- I'm still totally undecided. Um, leaning more towards Dempsey, though. Yeah, Oba I, for me, I, no question. Sounder. Yeah, I yep. think I think that people are maybe going to lean away from Dempsey after being kind of screwed over by him last round, so I figured that I might try and take advantage of that. But if I had Oba, Oba is awesome. Yep, that's what I was going. Oba, 100%. Um, you know, he scored, or I believe he played 30-something minutes last game. He played exactly 30 minutes, got an assist and a goal scored. Uh, they're playing at home against San Jose. When they played against San Jose, I believe it was game week uh, two or three. Um, yeah, game week two. Uh, he got eight points, so I'm definitely going with Oba. I'm going to go with Juvinko. Uh, his last three scores were eight, ten, and twelve. So I think he's going to score fourteen this week, and uh, <clears throat> I'll have a nice twenty-eight point captain if it all holds true. Against New York City FC, some struggles and San Jose, who have been struggling recently. So yeah, very good options going forward. I can't say I have complaints about any of those. But now we're going to get to my favorite portion of the show. We're going to be answering questions that people have submitted on our Fantasy MLS. Uh, For those of you who've been listening for a while, you may notice that we touch on a lot of the questions that people submit. And that's because we get a good amount, but there could be more. 
So why don't you guys send some questions in, go to our fantasy MLS, respond to the post requesting for questions that we have every week and make me have to pick of really, really get some tough decisions of which questions to get. But for today, we've got several good ones and I'm excited about this. So we'll start for this first run, first one from DSB Coco. And DSB says, are there any round 16 players worth taking a gamble on who have a single game week in round 17? Or should I just stack with double game week players? Um, unless you, yeah, unless you really think that Fail Harbor is going to produce for you, I would say no. I think you just go with double game week players and just give yourself more potential minutes to score points. I agree. Stack it, bruh. Yeah, I've always been a proponent of, you know, if you can get double game week players, get them. But the only two that I would, if it fits your budget, would either be Sam or if you have Kaka and don't want to take him out since he is in a great run of form, him just because of the, I mean, the, the schedules, Orlando City, um, decent schedule coming up, and then um, New York City FC have also a pretty decent schedule. Um, and I guess, I guess, Benny, if you really want to, if you really have to have him, then go for it. But if not, I think those are the only two, but I would steer clear of any single game week players since there are so many double game weeks. And for those of you who may not have looked at it just yet, those teams that are on a single are Chicago. So nobody really there I'd be looking at. Orlando, like Jason just said, they're playing Colorado at home. So Colorado has two away games. They'll be doing some traveling. Might be worth considering if you're thinking of one of these guys. FC Dallas is, is home to Houston. Not a lot of travel for Houston. Big rivalry game there. But Dallas is questionable form right now. Sporting Kansas City. Again, Jason touched on that one. They're also playing Colorado at home. Benny Fail Harbor is definitely a man to look at if you are willing to brave the back-to-back buys that are going on right now for Kansas City, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. Then we round it out with Houston, Vancouver, San Jose, and New York City FC. Um, not, not the best schedule lined up for those guys, but those are the teams that are on single game week. I'm in agreement with you guys. Uh, maybe Benny. For that, maybe Kaka if you think he'll miss another PK and then get a rebound. Otherwise, there's just so many great teams with with double game weeks that I, I don't see why you couldn't just go ahead and start planning for a full starting 11 of double game week guys. Now we're going on to Bit Nomad, who says most teams need to rely on at least one discount starter. So he wants to know what defenders that we like that are under six midfielders that we like that are under seven and forwards that we like that are under eight. These are, these are bargain basement players. So let's just start out uh, defenders. All right. Well, um, I actually have a whole list of all of these defenders. It's funny how you say that. Obviously you have Opare that is um, rotation risk, not a big fan of Harrington um, from Colorado. Um, but I do obviously Ramos from Orlando. Um, he's pretty much locked in there. Uh, Remick looks to have played many, many, um, you know, I think he's only missed two games this season at 6.0 for Seattle. It's a great pick as well. I really like Avila for a single game week player from Orlando. He is a um, defender, but he's playing more of a mid role. And I believe he, I think he got an assist last game as well. Um, Mansali from RSL, um, he'll be taking over for uh, Phillips once Phillips goes to the Gold Cup. Um, then you have obviously Polster, who should be in everybody's lineup if you're looking for a cheap player. Uh, I think Berling could be a very good fill-in for the time being while Axel Hoberry uh, is injured. 
Um, Miazga from New York. I don't know if he's going to retain his starting role, but he could be a potential good uh, sleepy pick. Uh, Woodbury or sleeper pick, not sleepy pick. <laughs> um, uh, Woodbury, I think, is you know obviously a good pick as well. Uh, Dia could from Kansas City could get some starting time there. Uh, I think there's heavy rotation with that back line as well. Um, and then Toya from Montreal is another really good pick. I know some people have talked about Marquez playing for Philadelphia at 4.7, but um, uh, Vittoria actually did play 45 minutes in a friendly, uh, I believe, a little bit ago. And then Zavaleta from Toronto at 5.5 uh, could also be a very good pick with some other players. That's a, that's um, a huge list. Give me, give me your top two. Top two. Uh, well, well, top two would obviously be, I think, Woodbury and um, Polster. I mean, simple and easy. It's the ones that you should have in your lineup. Yeah. <clears throat> Just want to move on to mids. Um, yeah, I mean, we guys, we we covered that. That's pretty extensive. <laughs> you guys have anything to add? I did my I homework, man. I got the whole I thing. Didn't have it, no. As far as, yeah, the budget, I have Toy on my team, and I have uh, Opari as an option if needed, but not anything else to add for defenders. I'll just say my, my top three are, are Hoberry, if he's uh, healthy. I like uh, Miazga as he's coming back from the U20, and then Eric Zavaleta. I think he's a nice little one that's that's just been coming in under the radar, got some nice CBIs going on. So, yeah, Guy, let's just go with you for, for the midfielders under seven. Um, well, midfield under seven um, for a budget. Because my midfield's pretty expensive. I have uh, Villarreal out of L.A. for 6.1. Um, he played exactly 59 minutes and 45 seconds this week. Um, <clears throat> so a big old double middle finger to Bruce Arena and the L.A. staff uh, for not letting me get two points on a clean sheet and uh, minutes played. But um, I think if we remember back how Villarreal started out the year, uh, he plays above a budget, defend a budget midfield price. When he gets going... Um, he's a scary kid, so I like Villarreal. Yeah, I'll add one to that that I said earlier, McNamara. I like McNamara. Um, forwards under eight. I don't know. Put some money into your forwards and midfielders. That's difficult. Uh, <laughs> well, let's just on. keep it with midfielders first. We'll let you go on with, with forwards in a second. Oh, yeah, just you, Jason. Anybody to add for, for midfield? Um, the two that I would say would be uh, Ribeiro from Orlando, and also uh, I don't know how to say his name. I think it's Coes from Chicago. I think those two are good, and I know that um, I want to say I think it was you, Reed, but someone was talking about Poku from New York yes, City I FC. Um, I, I didn't really know anything about him. I heard a lot of people talking about him, you know, during the last round wild card, and I looked at the guy. And I'm like, this dude doesn't look like a soccer player. This guy looks like he's a linebacker for the. 49ers or something this dude looks massive and then looking back at his score i mean you know 57 minutes and uh an assist and then coming in last week playing 16 minutes with a uh goal scored and an assist i mean he looks like if you know christ will keep him in the lineup he could produce very well if you're just hearing about poku then you my friend do not listen to the extra time radio podcast simon borg is president international president of the quado poku fan club which i'm sure if he were here i would be getting a lecture for mispronouncing something but yeah i mean he's hardly played anything and he's he's netted three assists and one goal he's 6.6 uh he may be one of the best minutes per 
points right now. I have not run the numbers, but he's he's doing well. You got to wonder if he's going to be breaking into that that starting lineup at some time, or if he if he will just be the ultimate super sub and perhaps someone you want to have on your team for a switcheroo. So you could uh, help yourself out there with the auto subs. So now Simon chomping at the bit. Forwards. Ah, forwards. Yeah. By the way, Poku's awesome, man. I love seeing that guy play. I just wish he was a consistent. Uh, you know, consistent for minutes. No doubt. So, uh, for forwards, I think I said earlier, McInerney, he's okay. I don't know. I have him on my team right now. I don't really like him, but he's cheap, and he can score a decent number of points. Uh, Mike Grella is somebody that, like, probably no one owns and could maybe get you some points. So, if you are really in need of a differential, maybe that's going to be a bad differential, but who knows? Um. And the one other that I had on my mind, man, I had these other two written down, and I've just forgotten the third. Oh, if when Laren comes back, is Laren back yet from World Cup qualifying? For this I think week? he's supposed to be back this next week. I think that that's kind of wrapping up now. Like Laren is a pretty solid option, so all all fairly cheap, all going to produce sporadically and have a lower ceiling than other forwards. But that's what you get when you spend not very much money. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, just two Sapong and Jack Mack. I like their I like their uh, their schedules coming up. And I mean, I know for Montreal, Oduro is back, but I mean, he pretty much just has speed, and that's it. And then Sapong, as long as Aristigueta is still hurt, I think Sapong is a fantastic pickup as well. Yeah, you nailed it on the head about Sapong. He would be my my number one go-to for someone in that price range. And without Aristigueta there, then Sapong all the way. So moving on, our next question is, uh, had a couple of people mention this, so Boyan Boyan and Crazy Something Normal both wanted to know, who are the best replacements for Kamara in Week 16? Maybe someone below $10 million. We've already touched on Sapong as the, the budget guy, but a little bit higher, guys. Who would you replace Kamara with since I think a couple of you went with him? Well, for me, I'm going to say the same thing that I said before and say Jack Mack or Grella. If you're going to go budget, go budget. Like, actually get a cheap player. I don't really see that many guys in the eight range that I like too much. I forget how much Davies is if he's 8 or if... No, 9.1, I think. We were, he's 9.1. We were, it was one of those two. Yeah, it was more we thought. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Those guys are okay, but honestly, go big 9. or go 1. home. That's my that's my idea on forwards. Uh, yeah. Like, replace him with Bradley Wright Phillips and find the money for it. You'll be happy. Yeah, I um, I'm actually, uh, I don't like putting money on my bench, but I'm actually putting Kamara on my bench this week. I'm not replacing him just because I don't want to waste another transfer on bringing him in, um, especially for you know when they play New England and RSL. So, um, if I were to replace him, I would honestly probably I would get Sapong. Like I said, I just think that Sapong is a good pick, um, especially with the risk to get a hurt. I know a lot of people are going to probably pick up Josie um, at 9.9, but for me, I would be very weary about picking up Josie. Um, I think he only played like 14 minutes last week, and he hasn't played, what, three weeks before that. So 
Uh, I would not touch Josie with a 10-foot pull. No, Josie's not not quality pickup this week. Um, replacing Kamara, I think <clears throat> if you're going to replace Kamara, I would just, like like Simon was saying, just out and out do it. Get the best player available. Um, Kamara's only had five points in his last three matches. And I think maybe he's going to get kind of uh, what Rivero had, where we are all so high on him. And then his form dropped off for whatever reason. And we all know that uh, Kamar was one of the first people to get touched with the rotation problems on their last double game week. So if you're going to replace Kamara, just go ahead and out and out replace him with a more quality person. Uh, I wouldn't go budget for his replacement. Throw money at it. That's what yep. we'll do. So our next question comes from Thinkamax. It says, assuming zero trust in DC's double game week 17 lineup, which I think is a fair, a fair comment. Uh, would we recommend keeping Espindola for one more week, or should we just go ahead and bite the bullet, bring in Oba this next week, and get it over with? With Seattle players, would you drop Dempsey for Oba? Well, <clears throat> I think if you have Espindola, um, remember the rotation was only because they had so many double game weeks put together, but now they're going to get a full week's worth of rest. Um, so I don't think the rotation is going to bite them nearly as bad this week. Whatever team you saw against Orlando, you should see that same team with maybe one or two changes um, coming in this next week. And if you are going to replace Dempsey with Oba, I would say do it. Um, I'm really regretting having him on my team now because I was looking at his stats. His last, what, five games, six, three, three, six, and three points. There is nothing on paper that says he's worth 11.8 right now. And if you can get it, you know, Oba or Javinko or any kind of an upgrade for Dempsey, it could bite me in the end. Maybe he goes off for like 12 or 14 points. I'm willing to take that risk. I think I'm going to ship him out this week myself. Well, that is an interesting opinion. Um, I was like <laughs> Says thinking the about Seattle that. Fans. Yeah, yeah right? I was like <laughs> thinking about that in my head instead of talking and then realized, oh, wait, I should probably be talking. Um, yeah, man, I love Dempsey. Dempsey, like, that of course, is coming from the Seattle fan, but you watch him in the games and you're like, how is he not producing more in fantasy? So, I, I don't know. I mean, opinion. you look at Simon. I mean, when you look at somebody like who's really getting the bonus points, like a fail hobber or Simon, it's you can watch him 15 minutes and, re and check your score and you're like, oh, well, he's already got another bonus point. That makes sense. Dempsey's been getting lost in these. I mean, five weeks in a row, he hasn't. He hasn't done anything coming close to deserving the price tag that he has. It's and true. I don't know. I mean, I, I picked him up. I fell for it too. I didn't captain him, but I fell for it. I picked him up this week and three points again. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he's a risk, right? Because if he is not a bonus point machine, he needs to score goals or get assists. And for a while, you know, he went, what was it, 18 straight games with a goal or an assist? Like, it was a pretty much surefire thing and just because it's been a couple I'm not really ready to abandon him you know um, I think that he and Oba work really well together and you know if I had to choose one over the other I would choose Oba over Dempsey but I already have Dempsey and I don't think it's really worth dropping him you know um, that said the rest of the question I guess we're just going to maybe disagree on that so it's probably a good thing <laughs> Probably good well, I, for I you. I'm a Portland guy, so it, it doesn't take much to get me riled up about <laughs> about Clint Dempsey and his magical journey to Seattle. 
Oh, well, we can allocation draft that um, one. We can have some trash talk. The uh, king of Cascadia has a double game week coming up, and the last game is against. Oh, right the the Portland Timbers. Dempsey is guaranteed to score two goals. So, <laughs> well, Jason, do you have anything else to add about uh, the Dempsey Oba? Yeah, I mean, well, about Espy, yeah, I would keep Espindola um, first and foremost. I remember last week everyone was like, oh, he's not going to play on turf, blah, blah, blah. Hey, he played on turf and he got four points. Yeah, I know he's playing next game, I believe, is in, or where is it? Is it Orlando? Is that right? I'm sorry, New England. And yeah, you know, that's turf as well. Um, but hey, I'm going to stick with Espindola. Um, and also, um, <laughs> with the Oba, I have Oba and Dempsey, and I agree with Simon on this one. Um, Dempsey is arguably, maybe not this season, but in general, fantasy gold as well. And I think that you don't abandon a player of that caliber and quality like that. Him and Oba do work extremely well together. I mean, what wasn't it? I don't know how many game weeks ago, but didn't Oba get two assists and two goals and Dempsey got two assists and two goals or something crazy like that? Like there's, there's games where they're just going to blow up. And I really do think that that's going to happen. I do like Duralis, um or Giovinco, um, you know, those also high caliber players, but you really just kind of got to roll the dice and, you know, go with your gut. If you think Dempsey's going to do well, great. Keep him in. If you think Duralis is going to do well, Hey, pick him up. If you think Giovinco is going to do well, pick him up. I mean, it's all personal prerogative, but um, I think that you, you 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 absolutely need Oba in your lineup, no matter what. I think he's going to kill it. Dempsey, roll the dice. Gerales, roll the dice. Javinko, roll the dice. I mean, I think you keep Dempsey this week just because they're playing at home in San Jose. I mean, against San Jose. Um, <clears throat> but on his double game week, being back to back road games and a pending call up, I don't. I mean, you're going to have to get rid of him anyway. Just having him for a double game week with back to. I mean. Back-to-back road games don't often work out for a lot of players. I'm just—he's only uh, five weeks. I mean, I've five weeks. I've had that, and it's just blanking me every time. Yeah, I, things to consider. I, like I said, I, I don't—I don't need a whole lot of motivation to hate a Seattle player. But <laughs> man, anybody else, anybody else in the league that was 11.8 million and didn't have a double-digit points in the last five weeks would be off your roster. But yeah, that's the way to, that's the way to look at it. Look down at the numbers and say, if his name was not Clint Dempsey, would you keep a player like that? I yeah, but, it's, but it's perfect time for him to get back into form. That's the thing is like players like that. I mean, he went what 18 games scoring seven points and then he drops five games. Hey, this is, this is the time when he's probably going to get back into form. I mean, you know, he's, he is going to be going into the, into the gold cup, but I personally think that that's a player that, Hey, I, I get it. There's other players to spend money on that are 11.8, but it, it is Dempsey, and he can go off for 14 points, 20 points, 11 points at any given time. Yeah, and then, you know the good thing about his price is if you if you do choose to replace him, you're going to pick up somebody else that's quality. It's going to be a giant bankroll, so it's not going to pick up a scrub. And it as soon as I drop him, he's going to go off for about 10 or 12 points. So drop him, <laughs> of course. You drop guys him. are going to be reaping the rewards of that, I'm sure. <laughs> So good discussion right there. Remember, there's one more game before the double game week, so we get a little bit more out of Dempsey before you have to make that big decision. The last thing I'll add about Espy is what he has said about turf is that playing on it is fine. It's the recovery after turf that that he doesn't like. So that's, I think, last year is what he said in an interview. That's his opinion 
on turf. So it's not as hardcore as Henri. He's not necessarily worried about an injury, just the recovery from that harder surface. That being said, he did play 90 today. And I think when you look at him, of 15 weeks, he's missed 12. He's not played at all in 12 games. And I think there has to be some pressure from DC to be like, man, listen, we're paying you this much money. You got to play. And so I, I think we're going to see him overcoming some of those those turf frustrations and, and get out there on the field and with hope surprise some of us. So moving on to our next question from Fulham Rev. He has chances of Miazga and Jordan Allen getting back into their starting roles. So let's let's just expand that to any U20 guys that you're looking at coming back. Yeah, um, I, I mean, Miazga did do well um, before he got the red card, and then went to the under-20s. Um, I know that there was some discussion of this um, on the Reddit forums and on the uh, MLS Fantasy Boss chat room. Miazga um, got a red card the game before he left. I looked on the disciplinary committee and did not see his name present, but I'm assuming that since he did leave for the under-20 World Cup, he will probably have to serve his red card the first game he gets back to domestic play. So... I would just keep an eye out for that, but I'm assuming that once he does get back and healthy, I could see him being a rotation risk um, with Paranel and Zubar and Miller and Almet. And I mean, there's so many different options at center back for uh, New York City. I like him, but I would steer clear of him. And then Jordan Allen, um, man, he's an enigma to me. He does so well with. Real Salt Lake and then goes into the under-20 World Cup and just doesn't perform. But I think with, you know, Jeff Kassar's love for Jordan Allen and how he shows flashes of brilliance with RSL, I can't see him not at least being a super sub, being first off the bench um, and or starting, you know, maybe every other game up on the wing um, with Jaime. Um, I think uh, – I don't know much about Miazga and Jordan Allen, but uh, I think you did a pretty good job filling me in on those. I think the only guy that might come back uh, and have some kind of immediate impact might be Kellen Acosta from Dallas just because Dallas has been so dreadful, and Acosta's really got a lot of pace to him, and he has started a few games this year. So I think if I was going to get anybody on a budget, like a necessity budget guy, Kellen Acosta might be a good choice coming back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think those were pretty good answers. I don't really have anything to add. Excellent. So we're going to move on now to Seraphim 19. And here's, we've already talked a, a good deal about this, so I'm just going to look for a yes or a no from all three of you guys. Is the Dempsey-Martins combo worth sticking with, even though it's valued at about $24 million? No. Simon? No. Jason? Hell, yes, it is. Guy. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So there we go. Two no's and a yes. Our next question comes from Moonbear11. Guys, any teams that are a clean sheet lock for this round? This is dangerous territory here. Yeah, I'm pretty famous for not predicting clean sheets because I think it's the worst way to pick defenders. But um, either... Seattle or Portland have the best chance to clean sheet against their competition at home this week. Seattle with San Jose, uh, San Jose just sputters and Houston could get one against Portland, but Portland's really locked things down lately. 
Um, yes, those are good answers, Guy. Two of my teams that I like, too. Uh, no, there are no teams with a clean sheet lock, though. It's never a lock. Teams average more than zero goals a game, so how is it ever a lock that they would have a clean sheet? No. Um, sorry, rhetorical ridiculousness from me there. <laughs> um, I don't know. I wouldn't go clean sheet hunting, just like Guy, Guy says, although I did end up with three clean sheets last week. I don't know. Sometimes it works. If you're really intent on going clean sheet hunting, you're probably going to end up like Elmer Fudd hunting rabbit. You're not going to catch very many rabbits. Um, that said, like we said, Seattle against San Jose. Portland's a pretty good one. Uh, I like Montreal against Orlando. Orlando like has a hard time scoring goals sometimes. Uh, L.A. against Philly. Philly is not that good at scoring goals either. And Toronto against New York, who even though David Villa is back, is also not very good at scoring goals. So those are some those are some possibilities for you. Yeah, I really don't think there are any clean sheet locks at all. Um, I mean, this year's rotation and everything of that nature, it's just too hard to predict starting lineups and clean sheets. But, um, I mean, go go with the teams that have had the most clean sheets um, I mean, Seattle at home does really, really well, but um, I really think that Seattle against San Jose would be the only, I think, probably 65% to get a clean sheet this week, and the other ones couldn't even tell you. I agree. It's it's tough to pick clean sheets. I prefer to go CBI hunting than clean sheet hunting, mm-hmm. but I think you guys nailed some of the teams that, that have a decent a decent shot. So our final question of tonight, kind of a fun one. I like it. It's from I'm Brent, and he says, when will Kaká stop scoring PKs? <laughs> well, if he could make them the first time, um, no, but I think that Kaká will continue to take them until Orlando signs Podolski or Dwyer or somebody of that nature. Well, even Dwyer isn't doing it, but I I mean, I think Kaká is going to continue to take them and take them and take them until Orlando signs a big-name striker that – would be a legitimate PK scoring threat. Yeah, his salary just dictates that he needs to get every chance at goal possible to make it pencil out in the end. So he's a good guy to have on your squad just because you know he's going to be taking PKs and free kicks. Yep. So he's had two PKs, I guess technically three. Two of them have been blocked. One of them was called back because of encroachment. Then he made the second attempt. So it took him two tries to make one PK. Then this one, Bill Hamid comes up huge and blocks the PK, and he gets lucky and gets the rebound. So, I mean, Kaká's coming away with NBA stats here with with two shots, a rebound, and, and, a, <laughs> and a block. So what's going on? But um, I don't yeah, you know. Gotta him, you got to give him credit, though. I mean, just just the was, caliber nice. of player that he is. It's like he didn't freak out at all. He, he saw it was going to be blocked, and it was just this perfect little tap in. I mean, <clears throat> still, you know, lost – Four points for captain pick, but that's right. And some people were asking about this math, and and that's that's how it works. The the PK shot was blocked by Bill Hamid. He got the points for the stop, and Kaká got the minus for missing it. He did follow it up with a goal, but that is just the follow up, and so it becomes then a regular goal, which he got his five four. So three points overall for that comes away with a decent score. So that's it for our questions for this round. Unless you guys have anything you'd like to add that you've had burning inside you. Not at all. Nope. I think that was good questions this week. 
fantastic. Right. So, oh, did you have one? Oh, well, I was just curious. Um, um, what about you? I know you hate Kaka, Reed. So, what's your plan with Kaka? Are you shipping him out, or are you keeping him in? I, I'm not a huge Kaka fan. I, I had extra money this round, and I was just wondering what I was going to do with it. And I was talking to Jason. And he said, oh, I said, fine, fine. I will put this purple monstrosity on my fluke on a rebound off a PK fluke, but they happen. That's the, the fantasy. Fantasy gods are not bound by any normal rules that, that you and I work by. Uh, he is one of my two targets that I have right now for shipping out to replace with Geo. He, they're away to Montreal. I kind of like Montreal at home. So that, that could be something that could shut down. I, I don't know if I like him enough to keep him on since he does not have a double game week in round 17. So he's, he's one of the guys I'm considering swapping around for geo so I can get a double game. So that's my way in on it. But now we're going to get to the community time section of the podcast. One of my favorites. So first we're going to look at the highest scoring team from the, our fantasy MLS league. There were actually three from my browsing through the list, people that scored 81 points this week. Both of the Red Paths scored 81 points, but I ended up going with the name that I liked the best of those, and that was Loggerhead Strikers. And that's uh, the manager is Jake Henning. Again, Loggerhead Strikers, 81 points. Good job, man. You had a nice little diversity of players on your team. I appreciate that. You did well, 81 points. You are the highest scoring player for fantasy, so congrats. I did notice some funny team names that I wanted to share as I was looking through everything. Uh, tra or Simon will enjoy this first one. Meow Meow Beans. Hey. That was from manager Anna Miller. And then Living in Ameriqua from Hal Kaiser. I, I like that one. I may have said that one before, but I, I really like it, so I'm not sorry to say it again if I have. And then there's Tiki Kaka. Tiki Kaka, I guess if you want to say it the correct way. Uh, but that was from John Cofonau. So I enjoyed that one as well. Did you guys happen to take a look at the team names? Anything funny jump out to you? No, nothing. Well, that's about all that we have for this episode today. I want to thank so much to Simon and Jason and, jo and Guy for joining us today. I thought we had some great discussion. I hope you guys agree. Is there anything you all would like to plug before we, before we sign out? Hey, I actually do. Um, if anyone goes out to music festivals or you know people that do, um, you might know that I work for a radio station, C89.5 in Seattle. Last Friday, we aired this feature. We almost always air music. This is, I think, the longest non-music feature we have ever aired on our station. It is an hour long um, with me and our morning show host, Drew, talking to the head of the Washington Poison Control Center uh, about drug use at festivals and basically uh, telling people how to rave responsibly because we're, we're a dance music station and it's kind of a problem in our community with people dying from taking drugs that they don't know what they are or whatever. Um, anyway, so if you want to give that a listen, there's a link on my Twitter, at Simon Thwaites. Um, if you think anyone else is interested... Send them that way. I think it's a pretty cool thing. It's a pretty responsible conversation. So that's great. Yeah, for Jason. me, um, you know, typical. Uh, check out my punts on um, r slash Reddit, um, and also 
soon to be MLSFantasyBoss.com. You know, give me your uh, give me your feedback, guys. Uh, give me your punts. Let's you know let, let's let's go against the punt master and see uh, you know see see you can come up with more points. Um, you know, I love the input. I love all of the uh, suggestions and also, guys. I know a lot of questions were coming up about. Um, you know, when Andrew Wiebe came on about how can we grow MLS and how can we grow fantasy to make it as big as, um, you know, fantasy premier league. Um, it honestly starts with you guys, you guys getting the word out to your friends and, you know, incorporating them into fantasy MLS and even having them go on Reddit and listening to our podcast. Um, you know, the best thing to do is spread it word by mouth. Cause I want to see this thing grow. And, and also thank you guys again. I like to thank you guys all the time pretty much every show but you guys make this fun for us you guys are awesome so thanks for giving us all the feedback and uh yeah thank you guys yeah and i just want to say um <clears throat> you, know, you can find me at uh, footy fantastic and i have weekly columns at uh fantasy football 24 7 and fpl bet i'm a busy guy and he frequently links them onto r slash fantasy MLS. So if you're browsing there already, you can just find an easy way to find everything by, by Mr. Guy Sanchez, fantasy guru. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, for me, as always, uh, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. If you know people who haven't, please share it with them. Send us some likes. Just help spread the word. Uh, having more people listen to our show does really help get it out there and uh, make the game more fun and get some more people in the show as well. So thank you so much for listening and good luck this week. <laughs>